Welcome to the Misophonia Podcast. This is episode three of season three. My name's Adil Ma, and I have misophonia. This week, I'm happy to bring a conversation with Marcus. Marcus is a comedian based in Australia, and he travels around the world doing stand-up. We talk about incorporating misophonia in his act. He's uh, quite an advocate for miso, and we talk about how he copes with traveling around the world and staying in new places where he can't always control his environment. I want to mention a little news this week. The 2020 Misophonia Research Grants from the Milken Institute's Misophonia Research Fund were just announced this week, and there are a bunch of uh, exciting projects that are going to be funded. For example, at Duke University, Dr. Claire Robbins will conduct postdoctoral research to develop a treatment protocol based on methods targeting emotional disorders, including misophonia. At the University of Florida, Dr. Andres Kiel will use multimodal imaging techniques to evaluate the interaction between auditory processing, emotion, and sensory perception in misophonia. At the University of Illinois, Dr. Fatima Hussein will study misophonia in the context of the audiological disorders such as tinnitus and hyperacusis. At the University of Mississippi, Dr. Laura Dixon will evaluate the physiological basis of misophonia. At the University of Nevada in Vegas, Dr. Aaron Hannon will examine whether misophonia is linked to differences in high-level auditory processing. And at the University of Sussex, Dr. Jamie Ward will test the hypothesis that atypical sensory sensitivity may underlie misophonia and predispose some people to develop misophonia. Congratulations uh, to everyone who got a grant this year. Looking forward to great, great uh, discoveries and hopefully treatments and maybe a cure. All right, now here's my conversation with Marcus. Uh, if you'd like to also check out his work, his uh, website is It's Marcus Ryan, I-T-S, Marcus Ryan. All the links will be in the show notes. His website has videos, all kinds of information about him, and hopefully tour dates once um, he's able to travel again post-COVID. All right, enjoy. Marcus, uh, welcome to the podcast. Really been looking forward to this, and uh, I think this will be fun for everybody. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Cool. So, uh, you know, you, you sent me some stuff. I reread a little bit, but I, I kind of want to, you know, go in kind of organically. So why don't you let us know, obviously, uh, well, by your accent, people could be from anywhere, but uh, why don't you let us know what kind of where you are? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in Australia, which, uh, uh, you know, I think everyone knows where that is. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Country and a continent. Yeah, country and a continent. Um, it's uh, it's it's been interesting down here. I'm I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I try not to be defined by that, but uh, that's probably been my uh, main main income and uh, vocation for the last twenty years. So um, yeah, that's been interesting. Uh, taking that all over the world, I started out here in Australia, and uh, I'm pretty much a, a vagabond. I've lived in. Um, many countries and i've performed in 50 countries around the world and uh yeah i just i'm self-employed and i just tour around so when i'm not working i'm traveling but when i'm working i'm traveling at the same time yeah oh that's awesome that sounds like uh sounds like a great life um it it was up until march and then uh (laughs) (laughs) then the the world stopped and i'm not even allowed out of my own state so um yeah yeah i've lost okay well lost everything (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's yeah, some yeah, some vocations a lot more a lot worse than others. That's uh um yeah, I mean we could talk about the whole um yeah, that that whole uh, uh lockdown kind of situation how that affects me so but um yeah. but you're yeah, you stand up comedian. Uh you know, one something that comes up a lot um and I, I take to heart is like comedy, like humor is one of the coping mechanisms that it's kind of one of the unsung heroes for a lot of people. So um, why don't you, why don't you tell us about, um, well, I mean, what does that mean to you? What does comedy mean to you? Uh, to, you know, um, really in relation to misophonia and then later, you know, we'll, we'll talk about your specific origin stories and all that stuff too. But yeah, I'd love to just kind of go right off the bat, like humor and misophonia, like how, how do they relate for you? Well, I think I, uh, it's it's quite interesting because I only learnt about misophonia in the last two years. Um, wow. I, I didn't know that it was even a thing. Uh, I was I was gigging in uh, in another part of Australia, and a friend of mine I was on in the car with, she happens to have it, and she we were just talking about uh, annoying things, and she said, "Oh, I think you might have this this thing." And I said, "Oh yeah, what is it?" And, so she sent me a link and I started looking at all the symptoms and all the, you know, the reasons why. And I said, oh, okay, that's, it's good to know. Now I, now I can actually um, categorize my, yeah. my anger and my, my frustrations at the world. And uh, ever since I found out, I just, I just, cl- I just gl- grabbed onto it and I, I actually, I've uh, taken it with pride. I've actually been going around telling people quite openly, yeah. like, yeah, this is what I've got. So you can't blame me anymore for being angry. Right, <laughs> I've got right. a thing. Um, and it's, it's been fun for me to actually sort of being able to identify it um, as opposed to be, to feel bad about it. It's like, all right, there's more, there's more people like me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There are. And, and do you incorporate it in, in your acts or is it just something that you, you know, as you're traveling that you're, uh, you're just kind of like grabbing people and telling them that you have misophonia? No. Yeah. Ever so, ever since I found out, I started writing jokes about it and, uh, and I, it's like a, it's a whole new uh, area that I can I can go into. And um, one one of the good things is on stage I'm a quite um, uh, interactive performer, so I like to engage with the audience. And uh, you know, a lot of comedians are, are straight straight stand ups so or they're storytellers. I'm a storyteller, but I also like to bounce off the audience too. So in uh, in my most recent uh, one man show I did, it was a uh, show where I talked about um, different things that annoy people and, and and that came up and I opened it to the floor and I've just been getting uh, so much response from audiences where they just they come back and go oh yeah this happens and that happens and it takes one or two people like to you know the first person to put their hand up and then everybody just wants to get in and go yeah I think I've got it too wow and, okay okay yeah because we, we always wonder like this got to be a bunch of people who just don't know yet um, you know, we all, we know there are people who just think that, and, and, you know, they have an annoyance so they think they can relate, but that's, yeah. uh, that's the interesting that you have this platform that you can really kind of like, uh, um, uh, make people feel comfortable and just kind of really thinking about whether they have it or not. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, really interesting. It's almost in the, like in a humorous like, yeah. kind of environment too. Of course. Yeah. And I think that's what we should do. We should always try and embrace, uh, anything in life with humor if we can. And I, I, I think when I first heard I had it, I thought, wow, I must have, I must have really um, pissed off a lot of people over the years. Think like they would have thought I just was short tempered or had, had oh, real yeah. weird anxiety for no reason, or I had anger management problems. But all this time I was actually, I was getting triggered by 
visuals and audio things that were getting under my skin and I and I couldn't uh, couldn't define it I couldn't say why it was happening and yeah now, now I'm comfortable with talking about it so um, yeah it's, it's really fun to mention it on stage now because people can relate and people come up to me afterwards and they want to share their stories and it's almost like we've we've started a little support group that's that's amazing and, and this is all over the world too right like you've been in the past couple of years you've been um, you've hit all over the world with with kind of misophonia as part of part of the act as well exactly yeah, yeah. I mean this this time last year I was uh, touring in uh, Eastern Europe and uh, doing shows there so I was talking about it with everybody locally there and um, you know, one of those funny things for me, I, my job and life has been traveling and staying in, um, random accommodation. I'm staying at different people's homes. I'm staying, um, you know, I, I'm dealing with foreign languages and, uh, having to deal with all of that and, and talk about what I've got. It's, uh, it's interesting going into different people's homes and having to be aware of how they live. Um, yeah. you lose a lot of control. So um, I think control is one of the big things as well. You have Absolutely. to you have to uh, know when you're about to put yourself in a situation that could be quite detrimental, and just uh, just be ready for it. Yeah, and how do you do that? Do you just kind of uh, tell yourself in your head silently that uh, okay, the next uh, forty eight hours could be a complete shit show, so um, <laughs> just be ready for it, but you'll be out of here. Or is it like you know you go in with headphones and you don't take them off? <laughs> Uh, I think it's um yeah I think it's that it's a thing of preserving energy uh, knowing yeah that, okay, that's a good point yeah yeah you have I'm a limited amount go, of energy yeah I'm about to go into a social social situation where it's going to be overwhelming I'm I'm going to be mentally drained so just just chill out before it and um, go in there knowing that it's okay you you know you've got this there's going to be screaming children or there's going to be oh, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people at this festival or at this gig or whatever it is and uh, just be ready for that. But know that it'll it'll pass. You know, it's just a moment. So, um, yeah, but it's very hard to tell yourself that in the moment. When oh, it's yeah. So there's a there's a, a trigger that happens and you can't control your outbursts. Um, that's the thing I'm trying to learn about now. And I'm learning more and more that um, I'm not in control in that split second. And I and I shouldn't feel bad about that. Um, I'm I'm interested to know though how I can get past that. Um, yeah, yeah. You're. I mean, it's something we hear a lot. Is like when, once you're in, it's almost like uh, uh, nothing you can do. And then it's a matter of um, well, there's the whole fight or flight, and almost everybody goes for flight. Yeah. Um, well, at least they admit that's what they. <laughs> those people yeah. who admit it, they they you know just go for flight, and then it's just a matter of like uh, when does that energy? How long does it take for the energy to come back? The good energy. Um, well, yeah, I, I try to leave uh, if I know I'm getting anxious uh, and I'm about to have a panic attack uh, in a in a situation. I try and get up physically and move away from uh, a certain person or an area, and just and walk it off, get some fresh air. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that's not just to do with misophonia. That's just in in general. If you're feeling anxious, I feel exercise is probably the best thing for it. Fresh air, exercise, get moving. Yep. Perspective um, that way, yeah. Yeah. If you if you're stuck in a, a confined space, I find that's where it happens a lot. I can handle noisy, noisy people and noisy children if 
I'm in an area that's outdoors and I know I can move away from it or they will be moving. But if I'm in a room and then there's people banging at my door or right. outside the window or something, you can't move from that. So that's a, that's something you have to sort of learn to deal with, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. You've been around, around the world, the, the small windows I've had of other parts of the world, uh, especially Eastern Europe, like, like you mentioned, uh, there is almost what I've heard is from people I've interviewed, there's almost no, there's definitely no talk about it and all, very little awareness. Uh, is this something that you've kind of experienced as well? Uh, certain parts of the world are much, even less aware than, um, you know, Australia, mm -hmm. United States. I mean, I, I, it's so bizarre that I think there's that thing, like once you've heard of something, then it just keeps appearing all the time. I can't remember what that, uh, that, uh, expression is, but, uh, yeah, like a, when I first heard of misophonia, then I, about a, three days later, there was an interview on the radio about it. Then I saw an article mm. in the news, like it just kept popping up and I was like, wow, now all of a sudden this thing's everywhere. And maybe it's like in the zeitgeist and it's just, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I had no idea, um, when, when it was just, when it was named, when it was actually, um, do you know that? Do you know when it was given a name? Yeah, I, th I know it was around the turn of the, the turn of the millennium. It was around, uh, around 20 years ago or so. Um, I don't know off the top of my head that the, the exact, um, uh, the, the history of it, but it, it originally was called, um, um, well, selective sound sensitivity syndrome was a, a more popular name for a while. And then, um, but misophonia was always kind of like in the background. And then I think people just realized it was easier to say. So around like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it switched yeah. to misophonia. Yeah. I, th I think people just always thought I was cranky just easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> easily irritated. And, uh, um, that, that was funny when I was in Eastern Europe though, um, on a public uh, bus, I was going from, I think I was going from Hungary to Slovakia and there was a, there was a guy behind me and I ha I have this real big issue with public transport, even though it's usually the thing I have to get wherever I'm going. Yeah. Um, for some reason, people who are on public transport, um, the ones who, the ones who have the least interesting conversations. Uh, the ones who have the longest battery life on their phones you know they, these yeah. people will, will get on a bus and they also they're also the same people who don't have headphones and mm -hmm. they don't have spatial awareness or awareness of people around them they come on and they it could be an empty bus and they choose to sit right behind you and then they get on their phone and they have these long conversations and it's on the speakerphone or their uh, keypad tone is on like they, they just tick oh, they keep that tone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tick every single box of wanting to annoy you. And uh, I, I was on this bus, uh, yeah, and, and this guy was behind me, and I couldn't, I didn't know how to tell him because he couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak Slovakian. So yeah, yeah, right. I luckily I had Wi-Fi on my phone, and I and I googled. I, I got this is one way uh, I solved it. I got on Google Translate, and I I said to him uh, in Google Translate your music is very loud <laughs> and wow. uh and i had and i had to show him like the first time i turned around i i did that universal look of you know please turn your music down and, and the glare that, yeah that, that glare the frustration and he wasn't catching on and i was like oh no he doesn't speak english okay fair enough so i did the translate and i showed him my screen yeah. and Luckily, he caught on, and he was—he wasn't—you know—he wasn't, you know, wasn't going to get angry at me. He just—he acknowledged it, and he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Okay. Uh, 
I thought, and oh, isn't that great? I, I was able to communicate with someone in a, another language just showing them my phone. So that was really cool. So, and, and he did turn things down and... Uh, was he it, did, uh, but it was, yeah. yeah I, it was still was like... Also, yeah, he was also right behind me, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh well, he's I'm I'm about to get punched in the head, or you know, you know." <laughs> so how and how did that? Uh, so when he did, so he's right behind you. So obviously, it's, you know, it's the the triggers are still somewhat there. But did that yeah. did that slight improvement suddenly lower the stress level and aggravation for you enough? It did. It did a bit, but you know, it's very hard when you're on a long bus journey between countries and you're you're yeah. a fish out of water. Like I, you know, I'm nobody knows where I am. I'm 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 in a country where I don't speak the language. Um, I'm definitely the minority right here. So I was kind of kind of brazen to right. to stand up to this. But I was just yeah. I was just curious because because uh, you know with fight or flight, um, oftentimes. Um, like when you know you try to convince yourself that you're that you're um this that you're time boxed and you're you know you're the situation will be over soon i was just curious if like that slight improvement uh relaxed your brain to kind of not be afraid of somebody you know of something attacking you uh which is kind of what the feeling sensation is with misophonia yeah so i think it i think it does but i think you're already it's almost like um it's pushed your buttons so in that yeah. moment your anxiety is already there and it just needs uh it just needs like one more bump to then crack open again um i i feel like you need a bit of time to pass before it uh, oh absolutely if, if anyone else comes along and says one more thing you're just you're triggered and you're ready to snap again so right um that that's a hard thing is is trying to get people to uh realize that the thing you need most in that in that moment is just space uh, that's for me personally anyway i'm not sure if that's for everybody but for me if if i've already had a little outburst of, of anger or i've snapped uh because of i've been triggered by these noises the last right. thing i want is someone coming up and and consoling me or putting oh what's wrong talk about it Tell yeah me. yeah oh, yeah wait yeah i need i need the time um absolutely so that, you just need some, some personal space personal time uh that walk yeah. Or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, and and it's not and it's not just noise. I I, I know that uh, different people talk about visual triggers. Oh yeah. Uh, they talk about um, you know, not just the noises, but visuals, but also um, I I find words can trigger me too, which is very interesting. Um, I've seen that show uh come up on like the Facebook groups and whatnot, and and sometimes like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's certain like I don't know grammatical or we you know weird like nuclear, nuclear that you know that kind of stuff that seems to annoy yeah. some people. But um, but uh, you know, um, my bad. But sometimes I'm like, eh, maybe that's just kind of like your you know stickler for English. But yeah. uh, but I'm seeing more and more, and I'm I'm, I'm just uh, maybe there is something about the sound relation to certain words that that brings back some um, I don't know miswiring of the brain uh um, well, that's, that's that's what i'm i'm curious about too and and i'm going to say this next thing without being without hopefully offending anybody or because I'm, I'm not educated on on uh the effects or the causes and things like that but i'm very curious to think uh that maybe i'm on the spectrum somewhat you know like mm -hmm. what what is it that what is it exactly that causes somebody to have misophonia and then you have the the anxiety and you have things like certain words or the way people behave all of those things uh create create these little anxieties and uh 
you know personality traits that I, I've had people tell me I think oh you might you might be on the spectrum and um, you know it's it, it's interesting to think that uh, yeah this all could be related somehow so I'm not sure it's something uh, that yeah it's something that does come up and I've and I've uh, and I've uh, asked um, uh, you know, uh, researchers that have come, I've only had a few researchers, but I've asked that question because that, that does come up a lot. Um, the answer so far is that there hasn't been any definitive link between, uh, you know, autism and, um, yeah. uh, and misophonia, but it's just early days in research. And uh, uh, I don't know if enough about it to say that, that there's possible there could be an overlap or something parallel or something related, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, you're not, I mean, you're not alone in thinking that, that uh, they could be related. Well, it's, I mean, it, it could be a, a, a very mild form of autism. They have similar, right. um, you know, similar behaviors regarding it. But, uh, you know, there's, there's words. Uh, yeah, and I, I think maybe I was always a grammar, a bit of a grammar Nazi as well when it came to uh, people who spell your and you are. And so I, I would get annoyed when people <laughs> right. do that. But, but even yeah. when people say words, they, they abbreviate things that, that I don't like hearing. Um, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. my own frustration. So... Uh, and visually, um, I have uh, I have really bad hay fever. I've always had it as a child. These allergies. Uh, so now it's spring springtime in Australia. So this is the worst time for me to to exist. And uh, right. I I get triggered uh, if I see a lawnmower. That's that's the kind of oh yeah. You know, Leaf like blowers I, too are not uh, yeah not great. But yeah, lawnmower. no, I know. I, I came up with a uh, joke a while ago. Uh, about leaf blowers, I think we should uh, we should have the, the the movie The Terminator, but we call it you know the misophoniator. Uh, right. It, it just, it's a cyborg that goes back in time to kill the inventor of the leaf blower. And uh, yep, yeah, the, the the catchphrase is "I'll be quiet." Uh, anyway, I, we should I, we should put these on shirts. For, uh, definitely, I'll be quiet. I know. Yeah. I, uh, that that was what I when I first heard of misophonia i thought yeah there's a whole new uh, market for comedy here that people yeah. probably there's not a lot of comedians that that do do shtick on on misophonia no. so yeah maybe I can, there's a lot of bumper stickers you could do here yeah well ricky gervais uh, definitely talks about uh sound issues uh, quite a bit he doesn't oh, really? say misophonia by by name but if you google uh, Ricky Gervais misophonia. You'll see a lot of people telling him, like on Twitter, constantly telling him, "You have misophonia. You have misophonia." Uh, yeah. And he mentions it. You know, late night, late night shows. He mentions, uh, you know, his annoyances with sound. It's come up on some of his shows. Um, so he, yeah, he, that may be interesting. Um, that you know, that, that would, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely because I mean, up. he's very much like our kind of. Uh, I'm sure he gets annoyed out of you know just just like we do yeah. uh, about a lot of these things. So. Oh yeah, and and we share we share very similar um, personality. Like all mm -hmm. comedians, oh yeah, all comedians tend to be very uh, observant. We're very quiet people in the sense that uh, people think that we're all extroverts, but we're not. We no. we tend to be introverts. We 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 prefer to observe and listen, and we're very our senses are very heightened. We can we can hear a lot of things going on and see a lot of things going on. So I think that's one of the causes that you're triggered so much by uh, things you hear and uh, and you get annoyed by things that's one of the things of a comedian is you're not funny unless you're angry um, that's that's like a right one of those common things of a comedian so yeah I found I did find that with uh, being able to write comedy about it I, I talk about restaurants how I 
you know, I, I talk about having misophonia where I can't go to restaurants because of, you know, not just the noise, but the bill. Uh, yeah, know. right, right, <laughs> right. But, but in a, in a restaurant, uh, hearing people eat and hearing the noise, it's, it's being in a confined space that really gets to me. So I've chosen now to, to, if I, you know, if I was going on a date, I would have to go to a picnic or choose to go out outdoor patio or yeah. 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 I, I, so it's, and you know, all jokes aside, it has actually been a, um, a problem with dating because um, people want to go out to a restaurant. Like that's the thing, and you go, well, that's just I can't do that. And like even, a candlelight dinner or something. I mean, that seems oh, like a disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, I would <laughs> I'd put fire in front of us. That's uh, fire <laughs> and, and uh, misophonia. That could be a quite a uh, dangerous situation. I, I like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like. I mean, I like sitting around a fireplace because there's a no, that nice noise. The crackle, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I like to have noise when I'm eating, so that you know, if if I'm eating with somebody, I don't have to listen to them eat. Um, yep. But the even even going to cafes and restaurants, I I have to sit um, in that seat that is facing everyone. Like I. Um, okay. I have, to, I have to be in the like if there's a booth. And that one of them, one's against the wall. Yeah. And there's a seat facing inwards against the wall. I have to be on the, the seat that faces out. Outside. Is that so you can, uh, so you know where the sound's coming from or? I'm, I'm curious to know whether this is uh, partly because of my, my job as a comedian. Uh, oh, I to have, observe people. I have yeah. to be aware. Yeah, I, I need to observe things. But there, and I've, I've heard this from other people too. We, not just comedians, but other people who feel like they need to sit uh, to face out. It's that fear of uh, being attacked from behind or something. It's that mm. weird kind of thing. Like you've got you you lose control if you're facing inwards and you don't know who's behind you or what's going on behind you. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah. So I, I wonder if that's somehow associated, or whether it is just one of those those weird traits I have, where you just you you know it's a a lack of control and yeah. you feel like you need to be in that space where you can see everything going on. And if, uh, you know, I, I no, that like makes control. total sense. Uh, I, I would have yeah. thought that, uh, initially, I mean, my instinct would be to face the wall, put my noise canceling headphones on because then I don't get visually triggered and I don't, I'm not going to get audio triggered, but, uh, that, that sense of control, uh, yeah. and that sense of, um, not being, you know, jump from behind by by yeah. you know, physically or sonically uh that makes that makes sense I, but I, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't thought of that but that that's that makes yeah. all sense i mean i'm not i don't don't get me wrong i'm not going through my life uh constantly worried that someone's going to jump me but um it, but it you is made that. a few enemies along the way um, oh definitely yeah <laughs> and i think that's another that is another uh, true uh, thing you mentioned there I, as a comedian i'm i'm i've learned really i i've learned to um be very sharp-witted and I guess that's a natural ability as well which is why I've you know become good at comedy but when I'm on stage I'm so used to dealing with hecklers and people who want to shout oh, out things yeah. that I can I can shoot somebody down really quickly and uh, sometimes that that comes out the wrong way because you you take it off stage and you're in in real life and you say something harsh back and you're like oh I'm sorry that's uh, that's just a natural reflex from my job Oh, let's talk about the, uh, yeah, heckling and misophonia. So is that, uh, I mean, does heckling bother you just as purely as a com on a comedic, comedic level as a comedian on stage? Or is there a kind of a miso component and does any of that rage kind of, uh, 
you know hit you on stage in in that that situation it do, it does actually i've had uh i've i've found that uh so i started comedy 20 years ago and this was before mobile phones were um a common thing right so right. i've lived through the time where comedy was uh was quite good in clubs where there was no distractions people would buy a ticket they'd come and sit down and uh, concentration span people could sit there and actually yeah. enjoy a piece of theater for an Maybe hour have a an cigarette hour. those things yeah, uh, there, yeah there was yeah and there was there was no no one looking at their screens during a show and i i went through the period where people started having phones and then started uh looking at their phones throughout shows and uh you know we've it is one of the most frustrating things for a live performer to be on stage and have people have their phone go off or people take phone calls and people texting people just so uh, i think as a performer that's really annoyed me as someone with misophonia it's annoyed me even more it's that thing of hey guys can't you just can't you just like pay attention for a little while and uh um I, i i get yeah, it's a very hard thing as a comedian. You have to be liked on stage. Your job is to be likable. Uh, whether you're portraying a, an angry character right. or the, right. whether your persona is, you know, like there's there's comedians who have that kind of, oh, I'm a dark, dark comedian and I do edgy material. They're still likable. You know, we, we like who they are. Yeah, and you want to be you want you want to be sympathized with if that's the exactly, right way of saying yeah. it. But yeah. But um, so that's a that's a hard thing because when I get angry on stage, the whole time I re- have to remember I can't I can't flip the switch. People have to actually still like me. So uh, it, you know it, it can change. Right, you can't get uncomfortable. You can't, can't, you can't get too uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, right. you can you can be a really uh, dirty dirty comedian, or you can say some uh, horrible things on stage. But as long as people know that you're joking and they find it funny, but if the moment you turn on an <laughs> turn right. on an audience member, and you, uh, so I've had this time where I was in a club, there was maybe four hundred, four you know, four hundred audience members or something, and the majority of the crowd they could not see the couple in the front row, and there was this this couple in the front. It was a, a little table, and they were uh, they were just constantly talking to each other. Yeah. And, yeah. To the point where I I just kept looking down out of the corner of my eye. I was trying to entertain the the other ninety eight percent of the people, and I just kept I kept seeing them talking, and it wasn't loud enough for anyone else to really get bothered by. But there's a thing in in a comedy club. As soon as two people talk, it snowballs. The people around them get annoyed. Oh get yeah. Further, and more and more people think, oh, it's okay to keep talking. So I I just looked at them like halfway through my show, and I. I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in any longer. Yeah. And I just looked down at them. I said, "Would you two shut up?" And uh, and it just came out like, yeah. and the whole audience looked at me as if like, "Wow, he just he just lost it at two people who didn't even say a thing." Yeah. And, and then I realized I'd lost them in that moment. I was like, "Oh no!" So yeah, that happens. And, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 man, that that happens, and you just gotta uh, you just gotta accept it and. Uh, you gotta and just there move a, on there was and, a, and kind of be proud of it like you you know you 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 did something i mean that's yeah. that's you just you did something so well, that, the other the other the other option would be bottling it up and you know probably blowing some uh, brain cells that way 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the problem with um, with being a, a performer is you you've got to hold it in or you've got to deal with it in a really funny way. But uh, once you've been triggered, it's difficult. I mean, there was a guy there was a guy last year, and this is a problem. A lot of audiences they don't they don't see that you can see everything. As a comedian, you you're fully aware of what's going on. Like if there's one person not enjoying the show, you focus your energy on that one person. You don't like you you can tell everything that's happening so there was a there was a guy uh halfway back into a show last year and he was trying to uh look at his phone uh under like oh. hiding it <laughs> hiding yeah, it on yeah, his yeah. lap uh, and he, yeah. he thought he thought that the you know the person in front of him was blocking his view but i think he might have been taking pictures but uh well uh, no, yeah i think too <laughs> No, he was he was uh he was checking his emails because I had I actually called him out. I I saw him like face down into his phone, and the problem is people's phones they they light up. So yeah, you know if you're in a dark room, your face is lit up. And I so I just I sort of stopped the show at one point. I just said, "Are you uh what are you doing there, buddy?" And he said, "Oh, I'm just checking my emails." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, do you mind if we?" If we just get on with the show, and he said, "Oh yeah, it's my work," and I said, "Oh yeah, well yeah, you're at my work right now." So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah, yeah, and it, it you know it caused a bit of tension, but I, I was able to yeah. make a bit of fun of it, and um, that's that's what you need to do in those situations. Dude, I'd be cla- I, if I was there, I'd be at the front clapping and hooting and hollering. So uh, yeah, well that that's 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 the problem. Like I I have a job where people you want people to come and like you and make noise but you also have those personal anxieties anxieties yeah. about noise so it's a it's a difficult uh career to have chosen to have these things happen that's for sure well so you, yeah we've gone like more than halfway and I, and uh, you know i haven't even gone back to like where this started with you like usually that's kind of one of the first things i ask it's been oh yeah I'm such a we just no no this has been great we've been just kind of like rolling with this fascinating you know look at you know um you know your work and everything you've been doing um but yeah now let's yeah let's talk about like when did this when this all start for you when or when did you notice that you had this up? i i honestly can't answer that in a in a like there's not one thing that uh um, yeah there's happened. usually not like a moment but uh yeah. do you remember like around like age period um kind of the first few people who were triggering um, you or Look, I went through I went through a lot of uh, uh, anxiety and I and probably mm. uh, a dose of depression in my late teens. So mm. there was, uh, you know, that's the that's the standard thing you need to do to become a comedian. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's a classic <laughs> comedian comedian yeah, cliche gotta, almost. Yeah, yeah, you've got to tick that box uh, to become a comic. So I, I I had a had a few anxiety, you know, things happening in my teenage years, but nothing I could really pinpoint to noise. Um, I grew up in a house of four, four children, um, mm. so we had a busy, a busy household. And I'm, I, you know, I like to, I like to self-diagnose sometimes. And I, I often think back at, at some of my anxieties that maybe I was in such a busy house all the time, I never had my own space. I never had my own, um, you know, my own room until yeah. I was a late teenager. So it was like, all right, I need, I need to be. I need to be away from people. I I like to have my own my own thoughts, and um, I've never been in a position where I had my own place. So I was even after that, I started traveling for work, and I was always staying in backpacker hostels and staying uh, at friends' houses and share houses and stuff. So 
I think as a child, maybe it maybe it just stemmed from from never, yeah, never having my own space, and it was always noisy. Um, but there's nothing I could really think of that that pushed the buttons so much. Got it. And then so when you started to get out there, and um, after high school, whenever you started to travel more, is that when you uh, when things start to flourish, do you do you know when things start to snowball for you? I think um, probably yeah. I, I was living in London and uh, probably just hearing a lot of uh, yeah, getting triggered by um, certain noises in restaurants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now I, I honestly thought I had an issue with um, with money or you know, like I thought, oh, I can't I can't go out to restaurants because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to oh. spend a lot. Restaurant, but it was yeah. actually I really it was really just the idea of um, you know being in those confined spaces and and going to cinemas and stuff like that. Like yeah. you know, if I'm in a movie theater and there's people behind me, uh, you know, crunching ice from a drink or they with a plastic yeah. packet of chips, that's when I realize I have I have an issue because most people can turn around and just sort of give that that nasty glare, but you know you know very well like people with misophonia we turn around and we want to murder that person Mm -hmm. like that's the level of and it's hard to say that to people because they think oh you're actually going to murder someone (laughs) like no i I know the difference between good and good and evil i'm not going to murder someone but we want to murder (laughs) yeah exactly so it's it's a it, you know like sorry you don't have to be on record by saying that by the way i don't want to I don't, I don't want to drag you into my uh crime spree yet but uh uh yeah. no that's that's okay i've had my, my lawyer is going to uh <laughs> give the okay before i publish this so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah look I, I i i think i scare people when i say that sometimes because I, I i think people who don't have misophonia they don't realize how severe the uh the yeah. frustration is for us. They don't realize, like they go, oh, it's just a noise. I'm, I'm just clicking my pen uh, or, or clipping my fingernails or something. I say, yeah, but that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's worthy of murder for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, either they, uh, or they just think you're being the comedian and uh, being hyperbolic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they don't they realize that, well, you, you know what? It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not quite murder, but the, there's a, there's a, yeah. it's, in that direction <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem as a comedian people go oh you're but you're a comedian everything's funny you should be happy oh all the time. Yeah, well right. the, yeah i think anyone who's remotely knows about comedy knows that that's not the case it's not uh we're not uh sesame street here or anything it's but, uh but i i do wonder about people with uh and maybe i've i've actually spent far too long on public transport uh than other people traveling between gigs but there's there's a, a high proportion of people who clip their fingernails and I've even seen toenails on public transport. And, and I was going to say that earlier when you talked about that guy, but uh, it's funny yeah. that you brought that up again. Yeah. Uh, it's like how many Have people? you had people shaving, like electric shaving? I've the, seen that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think how, how, how fast is your facial hair growing or how fast are your fingernails <laughs> growing that you think you need to do it on your journey <laughs> right, or are you just right. time efficient are you just saving a lot of time <laughs> like what's yeah. the what's the reason for that you know can't that wait but um and, and the and the cinemas as well people talking people people chewing i just i'm always just baffled at people's lack of awareness of other people around them that's that's mm-hmm. what i'm that's what i'm really confused by is people can't understand that other people are around and 
Uh, one of the biggest thing is uh, people kissing on public transport. You know, that's, oh uh, right, yeah. You know, like I, I I get it. If you're out in a park on a bench, that's fine. I can walk past you. But if if you're in a carriage and there's no literally nowhere to go, I don't want someone leaning yeah. up against me making out. Yeah. So, but then again, you know, if I'm the one doing it, I'll I'll ignore everybody around me. So. Gotcha. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny how and so. And that goes back to kind of like what you were saying before about how you, you have to be eating um, around other people eating, right? You can't just sit there watching I mean, somebody I, eat. I can, or... I, can eat, I can eat on my own. I'm, I'm never oh, yeah. by my own noises for sure. Uh, but if somebody's eating an apple, um, like I, I will try and, you know, eat an apple with them, or, you know, like I, or I just have to get away from them. There's certain right. Right. If you can't get away, there is that uh, uh, mimicking is kind of a known as a coping mechanism. Um, yeah. And it sounds like that's kind of what that. So, yeah, what it, well, I guess other than, yeah, leaving a situation and maybe doing this kind of mimicking, let's get into maybe some of your other, um, I don't know, coping mechanisms that, that you have. Obviously, humor for you yeah. is a huge one. Um, and then tools you use, like, uh, you know, even like headphones or uh, any other like little techniques that you that you tell yourself or use i think i think the uh yeah telling myself that it will pass we don't have to get into your uh gun collection but uh no um, no no we're not allowed guns down here so that's fine um we're 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 a bit uh we're a bit safer than the uh the us there so i'm happy with that um i i do cope with uh i'm i'm really trying to learn meditation now i'm i'm dealing with uh things like yeah exercise um, going out and getting some fresh air, um, you know, patting my dog, like those, just having the comfort of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but fresh, I think fresh air is one thing, like really any anxiety, any panic attacks, just getting out and, and get moving, try not to stay in one place. Uh, that's, that's something I, I find, um, a humorous way to deal with people on public transport and instead of getting angry at them is when I'm on a plane, uh, I try and take as many of those uh, little free headphones that come out, oh, you know, yeah, where they, yeah. they give out the headphones. So then I actually keep, a f- and I, I've generally done this, I keep a few of them with me whenever I'm traveling anywhere. So if I'm on the bus or plane and someone's being noisy, I don't get angry. I turn around and offer them a, a free set of headphones. Oh, you know, the best way to deal with someone who you're angry at is to give them something for free because they, oh. it, it really messes with their head. You know, you get to, you get to be one up on them and go, yeah, I hate you right now, but uh, look, you get a free gift. And, I like uh, messing with people's heads like that and just kind yeah, of like surprising like, well, them. Yeah. 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 Kill, kill them with kindness. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 That's interesting. So, it's it's not a bad way to deal with it, but mm. I guess in general, I, I try to wear headphones, uh, on on public transport if i can but that's uh, unfortunately you know I, I like to be in control as well and being in control means you need to be aware of everything around you so i can't i can't wear noise cancelling headphones oh, because i, I yeah. need to know what's happening outside of my head at the same time so that's a very frustrating thing yeah and so are you um you know going jumping back into uh to comedy so are you always kind of you always have a notepad and you're always writing so it's uh kind of anything you're seeing if you have an idea you're writing um yeah yeah and and uh and and as you've you know you've you knew about 
you've known about misophonia for the past couple of years. Um, do you have like a separate list maybe? Do you like kind of group your, group your jokes together? It's like, okay, there's some misophonia action going on. I'm going to spend the next half hour and yeah. in my misophonia book. Like, um, yeah, how, how do you, um, or is that maybe, um, I should ask this question. Like, is it, is it uh, painful to, to um, uh, do you have to like kind of like, I would imagine you have to start to think about misophonia and think about the sounds. Does that kind of bother you too as you're writing the joke? Like, how do you um, deal with that? Uh, or do you write the joke after when you have, you know, have a drink or something and you're outside? Uh, I think if, yeah, I mean, if, if something happens to me, then then I get triggered by it. But I, I my brain is, swi- is switched on uh, so I can, I'll find the funny thing in any situation. And yeah. I'm not going out looking for humor all the time, but it, it comes to you. So... Uh, right. Yeah, like like the like the people clipping their fingernails on a bus. I go, you know, my my brain is instantly annoyed, but my brain is instantly thinking, "Wow, how fast how fast are your fingernails growing? Like, are you yeah, yeah. are you, you going to win the Guinness World Record if you if you don't clip them? They're just going to keep growing all day." Did a doctor tell you that that you know you that that you need to keep clipping at a at a rate of every hour just so you don't <laughs> hurt other people? Right. So. I'm always right. I'm always writing um, the jokes, uh, you know, about these things as it happens. But um, I've got files on my computer that uh, that I have, like for misophonia. I have, you know, I have different things that I I write about. I on my now that I'm on, uh, you know, if I'm on social media, I hashtag uh, misophonia when I do a joke, so I can track the track those jokes down again. And uh, um, I yeah, I, I'm trying to build up a collection of them and. Um, it's it's nice to be able to do it because it, it normalizes what it is for people as well. There's a lot of people yeah. who realize we don't we don't have a voice out there. So. Yes, well, with people like you know people like you who are literally out there. I mean, I got this little thing I interview people once a week, but you're doing shows yeah. like constantly. Well, you know, once the world opens up again. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, you're everywhere talking talking about it. it's a fascinating platform. So yeah, let's maybe uh, start to talk about that a little bit as we kind of veer to veer towards home here. Um, you know, I think you I think you mentioned one of your emails that you're um, trying to use your platform to create a community for misphonia um, yeah. in some way. So yeah, let's let's hear about that. Yeah, I'm very I'm very passionate about uh, exploring and uh, and talking about mental health awareness. Uh, you know, as it as in it general. is becoming yeah. a huge thing in the world, it's being very very talked about now. Like when I was when I was 20 and I was going through my own uh, depression and you know anger management problems and things like that, it was very not talked about in small towns. And uh, now I'm trying to uh, you know make it make it fun, make it normal. For people to even say, "Yeah, I've had I've had issues," and I and everyone has it, you know, everyone's been affected by it. So, I'm uh, building a bit of a community online, um, and I've I've started up a thing, which it's all very like quite literally brand new. So there's not much uh, happening online at the moment. But um, I've started. The, I I wonder in the U.S. Do you have an expression called "calm calm the farm"? Have you heard that? expression i don't not uh i don't think i've heard that exact term why don't you tell us about it it's like when people tell you to calm down or they say you know cool it yeah. just chill out they say yeah, calm yeah, yeah. calm calm your farm you know okay a, yeah so i don't know it's just a maybe it's an australian thing i don't know but uh i i just thought i uh took that um took that expression and then i just turned it around to farm the calm so you yeah. know we should we should try and farm our calm and uh right. 
so I've got that as a as a um, a handle for all the social media, the farm yeah. farm the calm, and yeah. Um, yeah, what I'd like to do one day is actually um, have a retreat, have a place where people yeah. can go and uh, stay on a farm. They can learn to come and relax. It's a good place for mental health. It's a it's a getaway. They can do their meditation workshops and escape the city, escape the hustle and bustle. And, uh, and, and, and in the meantime, uh, I would like to build a bit of an online community where people can actually just start sharing their stories and, and, and their tips on how to deal with it, uh, with anxiety, with stress, mm-hmm. how to focus on uh, mindfulness and uh, you know, mental health awareness. So, uh, and, and, and use it with humor. You know, there's a lot of people who talk about serious uh, mental health issues and serious uh, anxieties and stuff like that. And it's all it's all very informative. It's all very uh, medical, perhaps. Uh, but there's not a lot of people who just think, you know, what we can actually we can make fun of this as well. We don't have yeah. to we don't have to hide it. We don't have to be upset or uh, feel um, you know ashamed of these things. Just just embrace it and have fun with it and go, yeah, man, I'm I get I get pissed off when people make noise. That's fine. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, man. I think I think that's why it's great to have uh, this kind of a comedian perspective because we're uh, you know your comedians are great at self-deprecation and using that yeah. for um, you know to make them feel better. Um, yeah. And uh, even though not everyone gets that, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a voice that you're right. It's not it's misophonia tends to be. It feels like you're talking to a lot of people who uh, either are you know medical professionals or they just are in the middle of a trigger so it's just a bunch (laughs) of screaming and so but there isn't this like uh, this kind of this type of processing that you're talking about where it's like being self-aware kind of making fun of it um, and using the humor for good so that's yeah yeah, I would love to yeah I'd love to see more of this well, if I we wish can Ricky Gervais also was kind of uh, you yeah. know a little bit uh, more vocal about. Oh, Sarah Silverman too. She is she. Um, uh-huh. Sarah Silverman is actually very vocal about her misophonia. She uses it by name and talks about it on podcasts. All right. Well, that's, that's good. Another, I, should, um, I should. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter or something. I will, and that and that's funny about the the being vocal about it. That's a, like it was an easy joke I thought of the other week. I I think I wrote a you know a meme or whatever or a tweet. I just said I I have misophonia. I like to keep, I like not many. Oh, sorry, I think it was uh, not not many people know I have misophonia. I try to keep quiet about it. You know, it's just <laughs> That's a, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a little gag. But you know, even things like that is is nice yeah. to sort of, you know keep it keep it funny, keep it light. And uh, I think maybe we can change change the world for better if we can if we can raise awareness that those things are annoying. We could probably rid the world of plastic. Imagine getting rid of plastic oh, yeah. bag, grocery bags completely because people, uh, you know, when you when you go traveling and staying in a in a hostel or a shared accommodation, and there's someone wakes you up in the morning because they're rustling through a plastic bag, I I just want to give out the like a tote bag like one of those non-plastic bags to somebody and say here have this in the future, or at a cinema put your plastic put your uh, packet of crisps into a a bucket so it doesn't make noise right yeah we can we can change the world for better that just that just got me thinking uh, especially talking about lawnmowers and leaf blowers that maybe we can uh, we can use a climate change angle where we can save you know uh, uh, reduce climate change by uh, getting the getting rid of lawnmowers and leaf blowers (laughs) 
the Misophonia. It would be. It would change. be good. I, climate change. Oh man, I think we should get part. Of, be part of the Paris Accord. I think Misophonia should have its own channel there. I think we should. I think. I, I don't know how we'd go about protesting it though, because we wouldn't be able to. We wouldn't <laughs> right. be able to pick it. <laughs> what do we right. want? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, well, yeah, this has been great. Uh, yeah, maybe we should start to wind down, but um, you're you, you're all over social media and on the web, and probably you have clips on YouTube. I would imagine of, of your. I do. Of your yeah. Ads? So, so the uh, the, the the uh, the farm the calm thing that's new, but uh, you know, I, if anyone wants to actually uh, give that uh, look on Facebook and Twitter, I've I've taken all the social media for that. Uh, I hope my accent comes across all right. Farm, farm the calm. Yeah, farm, yeah. No, I farm, farm the calm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and my name, uh, but my main, uh, my main social media is it's Marcus Ryan. I T S. Marcus Ryan. Yep. Marcus with a C and uh, Ryan. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty um, you know regular on Twitter and uh, Facebook page and uh, uh, trying to do TikTok, but I I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd rather go back to my 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 true passion and that's being on stage but i have a yeah. youtube as well so yeah i i have a website it's marcusryan.com and uh um yeah hopefully you know i can get back to performing around the world live and uh do more shows but in the meantime it's all it's all on my facebook and twitter and um yeah youtube i'm doing regular videos as well oh amazing uh we will yeah i'll definitely have links to all, all of that uh, it's the yeah. podcast thing to say but i'll have links to all of that in the show notes no and, i appreciate uh, that and it's also not, on our social yeah. media too not just in the show notes hidden where nobody clicks um yeah. and yeah. uh and, and just side note have you you've come to the u.s right have you come through um how close have you come to like minnesota uh, I think I was, um, I think I uh, connected through Minnesota uh, mm, last right. year. I, I was flying from um, from uh, Florida. I was doing a festival down in Florida performing and uh, I had to go up to Canada to Winnipeg. So I think we, I think oh, we connected. Oh, of course, through Delta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, had a, I had about an hour, hour at the airport. So, you know, it's a great, great part of Minnesota, the airport. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I... I I'm never shy of a challenge or an invitation. So I've um, yeah, as I said, I've performed in 50, 50 countries around the world. I took my shows uh, all through Latin America. I you know I started up comedy in places that never had it. So um, yeah, if, if there's ever a venue and someone willing to have me, I'm I'm open to come and do a show. And uh, especially within the misophonia community as well. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, if I can build that following or an audience with that, I, I would love to come and do Absolutely. shows. Absolutely, yeah. I'm trying to build up a community here, so maybe we'll get you. And I know some venues. Maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get you over here. But uh, maybe one last question, uh, maybe, and maybe I'll have more. But uh, what were what were some of the um, places places of the world that surprised you in having a misophonia community? Like, were there some places where you're like, "Holy shit, there are all these people know about misophonia, and we're talking about it." Is there anything that kind of uh, surprised you? No, I, I, I guess uh, I guess it everywhere has it. I mean, that's hard yeah. to you know. Maybe that's not the right answer for you, but um, everywhere I've been in the last couple of years, I've I have talked about it, and um, everyone is like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I get. Oh, that's what I've had, and yeah, it's surprising, you know, um, how many people didn't realize they had it or they didn't know what it was. And um, some people think it's just you you're just easily irritated, but yeah. Yeah. When you know you've got it, you've you've definitely got it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just wish we could get a little uh, 
a little sticker or something we could wear on our shirt that says, you know, don't don't get upset with me. It's it's you're you're the issue. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. <laughs> right. Well, great, Marcus. This has been uh, this is uh, even even more fun than than I um, than I was. Uh, you know, than I thought it would be, and I already had uh, high expectations. So this is this has been great, man. I'd love to see you come through town, or I'll if you're yeah. nearby, I'll try to try to make it. Um, yeah. But good luck to you, and yeah, uh, you know, post post COVID, and uh, hopefully things, hopefully you're able to travel again. Yeah. And um, thanks for yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for I mean, thanks for spreading the word around the world. This is this is an amazing amazing platform and voice that you're using. So um, yeah, well, well, hopefully. Hopefully we can uh, we can work together in the future. I mean, I, I would like to do not just oh, comedy, but uh, you know, move into doing some um, some public speaking about this kind of thing as well, and doing some yeah. motivational things. And uh, you know, there's there's a there's a future for it to make make it a, make people more aware of those things for sure. So yeah, thank thank you for taking the time to have me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marcus. That was a great conversation. Really had a fun time there. Hope to see you passing through the United States sometime in the future. Hope we all get a chance to go. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Music, as always, is by Moby. And until next week, wishing you peace and quiet.